2: Should the Lightning be worried about Game 4 tonight in New Jersey? We're going to get you set for that playoff game. And the Rays lose to the Rangers 7-2. Yanni Chirinos didn't look so good. Matt Duffy on the DL. Times columnist Tom Jones doesn't like all the fighting at the end of these playoff games. He's going to join us in just a couple minutes to talk about that. We have details about a search warrant served on FSU quarterback DeAndre Francois. We're going to tell you what authorities found in his apartment and the Bucs picked up the fifth-year option for 2019 on Jameis Winston's contract. We'll tell you what that means. All that and more in this Wednesday Game 4 edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get to Tom Jones, we want to tell you about a special offer from audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you get a free audiobook. Go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday. That's spelled A U D I B L E dot com slash sportsday to take advantage of this deal. That's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30 day trial and a free audiobook. All right. I didn't know this about Tom, but I guess it's true. He's pretty much put it out there for everybody. You're a pacifist, man. When it comes to hockey, (laughs) when it comes to hockey, you don't like fighting, especially at the end of games. Am I right? I get, well, that's true. And I
0: wrote that and I put it on Twitter after the game, after game three. And I said it was the worst part of hockey and somebody gave me the old uh, this is another example of the wussification of Americans <laughs> except sure. they didn't use the word wussy they used another word instead <laughs> and I was like no it's not that I'm offended by it I just think it's dumb like we get, at the end of all these games you know teams winning like 5-1 to one or 5-2 to two, and it's like sure. the team that's losing now it's like oh now we're going to fight now we're going to show you how serious we are about winning this game My, it is, and then the thing I wrote about I said I think this is dumb and everybody writes to me and says they're just showing their passion and they're their determination, they're you know, they're showing their heart. I go, do it for the first fifty nine minutes and win the damn game and you don't have to worry about fighting people at the end of the game. So I don't know, I just think the whole thing's stupid when uh, when it gets out of hand. Now the other night against Jersey and, and Lightning, I thought both of the teams were involved in that. But yeah, I'm so, I guess I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes
2: to Well stuff like you know, it's everybody says, Well, they're setting the tone for the that's really gonna set the tone for the next game. It doesn't set the tone really, does it?
0: No, you're exactly right. It doesn't set anything. What sets the tone the next game is if the goaltender makes saves and or doesn't <laughs> right. make saves. You know, it's like it's true, like baseball. You know, and it reminds me a lot of baseball. Rick and you, you know, you played a lot of baseball in your life. This this whole thing of a guy hits a couple home runs in a series against you, and it's like okay, now we're going to drill him. Yeah, and I never I got, got that. that. You know, no. it's like wait a minute, the guy's doing his job. He's, I understand you. You don't want him getting comfortable in there, but to hit a guy because he's, hit some, he's doing his job. And the same thing with hockey is, hey, the other teams out there winning hockey games, and, and now, now you're just going to start whacking them in the ankles with your stick just because you don't like the way the game went. And you're right, this idea of they want to send a message for game four or game five or whatever. And then the next game starts, nobody remembers what that happened at the end of the, of the last game. Just care, they just care about that game.
2: Steve had a pretty good idea when we were talking about this the other night. Um, he said that, you know, and he can speak for himself, obviously, but he, he, you were talking, Steve, about how they should carry over, uh, you know, some penalty minutes or, or suspend some guys, and that would put you, that would. You want to fight the in the last
1: 30 seconds and you get a five-minute, you know, fighting penalty, four and a half minutes carries over the next game.
2: I have no
0: problem with that. And somebody suggests that on Twitter if that's the way you want to knock this thing off. Because not everything's suspendable. I mean it mm-hmm. you know no, we, right. We no. saw what happened the other night with Boyle and, and Shev. That's just you know yeah. no one did anything worth getting a suspension for. But I agree, like But all of a sudden you, you get a you a get a five
1: minute major, you know, a five minute fighting penalty, a ten minute misconduct and a you know, a two minute roughing, let's say, with you know, yeah. ten seconds left, and that's sixteen and minutes and fifty seconds of, you know, you're out the next game.
0: Right. That'll stop right. it. No, and, and I and I'm totally cool with that. And it's like I mean, it's one thing if you like get called for tripping or something in the last minute of a game. No, I mean, I mean like the, 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 yeah, the extracurricular like stuff, stuff,
1: the after yeah, the whistle yeah. stuff.
0: Right, right. And again, it, go, it all goes back to this idea of uh, we're not going to we're not going to be pushed around. You got pushed around for 59 minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds, you know. Yeah. So uh, why now, all of a sudden, you, you care about it? But um, yeah. I'm glad to see, by the way, that Surguchev. There, nothing came of that hit. Did you saw that hit at the end of that game your night, Rick? I didn't think.
1: I, it looked know, like I, the guy no, ran into his game. elbow.
2: I mean, it looked yeah. like he ran into his elbow to me. I mean, I know I what John so Cooper too. was saying. John Cooper gave it the old dive sign, which I thought, "Woo, that's some shade Well, I from think the, the guy mentioned.
0: got hit in the head. I think the guy got hit in the head. I don't think there's any so doubt I. about that. I, <laughs> but, I think he did but, it I himself.
1: I think he did it I himself. Think,
0: well, it, but it hurts. I mean, like I think. Yeah, yeah, he was. Let's not act like it was like he completely like faked like being hurt. I mean, that you get hit in the head with an elbow it hurt. But, but he did, did you po- see Coop? He popped up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Stamkos, too. Stamkos yeah. was pretty fired up. Like because you could read Stampco's lips when he was talking to the referee. He's like. He's up and moving okay now. He's going to be out there on yeah. the power play. It looks like you know, but yeah, uh, but I'm glad to see nothing came of uh, a suspension or anything like that.
2: I did want to ask you though about like uh, Mikhail, Serge- Serge- Sergeyev, and, and Boyle. Boyle in particular. I mean, Brian Boyle, what was it five minutes ago? You know, people were giving him the full-throated, you know, standing ovation, and and you know, the the Lightning's most favorite son come home. Um, I did, Steve, and I did uh, note that he wasn't fighting anybody that was actually on his former Lightning team. That's Just true. guys that guys that weren't. Um, <laughs> but what is it about Now, Is he going to wear the black hat uh, all of a sudden for New Jersey? And um, and and did did you were you able to read his lips? Is he lying about what he says he didn't say? Well, I mean, I guess he's. I mean, people are claiming he said, "I'm going to kill you," which so, yeah, uh, with something else in there, yeah.
0: See, and my thing is, I didn't have a huge problem with that. I mean, it's. I mean, he's not really going to try to kill the guy, and I understand. Right. That the league's like being, they want to be sensitive about things like that. But I mean, I'm sure worse things are said on the ice. But to tell a guy, I'm gonna kill you. Like I right. don't know, I, I didn't I I didn't get all worked up about that. As far as wearing a black hat, yeah, look at that's the type of player he is. And I wonder if there was a part of the end of that game to show, you know, because it's been this love fest now. For really a year has. about, you know, with Brian Boyle on Tampa Bay lighting, everybody loves him. And, you know, it's ovations and this and that. I wonder if there was a little bit of a message sent to his own team like, hey, I'm with you guys now. Just to be clear about this, you know, I'm sure. I don't care. I don't you know, I'm not wearing I don't wear a lightning bolt on my on my chest anymore. I wear a New Jersey devil sweater and and I'm with you guys. So there might have been a little bit of that uh, as well.
2: Well, the Lightning lose 5-2, uh, to two, of course, with a couple of those empty netters. I mean, they had a 2-1 to one lead, and then all the penalties, uh, you know, it was like seven power plays, which just kills any kind of momentum and all that. Um, but let me ask you about whether you think this series has, if the Lightning could be in any kind of trouble here uh, tonight for Game 4. And, and let's start with the fact that I really thought Corey Schneider played very, very well in net for them he did play
0: well and that was surprising to me rick because he hadn't won a game since what december 27th or something right. like that now i do think that jersey made the right call going to cory schneider because i know kincaid's been a really good goalie the second half of the season he sort of took over the job and he's not their best goalie Corey schneider is still their best goaltender and i still think he gives them the best chance to win and uh and look it's going to be a challenge to beat this guy I, I do think all of a sudden he's got a hot hand at the same time I'm not real concerned if I'm if I'm John Cooper on the Tampa Bay Lightning because it's not as if the Lightning played poorly in mm. these three games. There there was no point in the first two games, and I realized Jersey was coming at the end of both of those games. Yeah. There was never a moment in either one of those games where I thought the Lightning was going to lose. I thought they were going to win both games throughout the entire game. And in Game Three, uh, you know Jersey played better. I, I, the Jersey, Jersey played better at the end of the game, and certainly the, the Lightning had a couple of really stupid penalties. The, the, the JT Miller penalty, taking a trip 200 feet from your own net in a two-to-one game. That can't happen. Then you get busted for having too many men on the ice, which is another stupid penalty. Um, but other than that, I thought the lighting played really well. So if, I, if I'm looking at it, uh, I wouldn't be super concerned. You look around the league. Look, Boston completely dominated the first two games of that series. Then they lose game three at Toronto. Nashville is a way better team than Colorado is. They win the first two games and then they lose game three. Uh, there was another team I think that that jumped out to a two 0 lead and then lost game three. Um, uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia was yeah all these series yeah. Gotten, so yeah. I mean it's really hard to beat a team three games in a row, let alone four games in a row. So I look, I, I think New Jersey's a pretty decent hockey team. I don't think they're nearly as deep as the lighting. So there was nothing that I saw even in game three. That would have me overly concerned. Other than Rick, you mentioned a one wild card, which is, um, you know, maybe Corey Schneider is just is all of a sudden finds a hot hand and can steal a, another game or two. But other than that, I, I think the I think the Lightning is in, is still in pretty good shape in this series.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're clearly the better team, and you got to play that way. And and um, you know, was it Steve that was telling me yesterday that you know a real series doesn't begin until someone loses a home game, That's and no true. one's done that just yet. I will give you another wild card, and I'm telling you, man, I can see why this guy's a possible MVP. Taylor Hall is unbelievable how good he, yeah, he is. is. No, he's really unbelievable. He's, every time, no. every shift, he he makes a play with every every time he's on the ice.
0: And he's one of those guys too, Rick. That he doesn't. You could shut him down for, you know, if he takes you know twenty shifts in a game or whatever, eighteen shifts, you could shut him down for seventeen of those shifts, and and the one that you don't do a great job, he'll score a goal, or he'll set up a goal. He's a, he's a special, special player. The other part on the other side, Rick, and, and it was good to see for the Lightning, was Stephen Stamkos score a goal because I still don't think Stamkos is 100%. I still watch him play, and I watch him, yeah. and I'm, I think he's getting there, but he's not the Stephen Stamkos that we're all used to seeing. And here's the thing, too, and, and having talked to a couple people with the Lightning uh, there was some concern about Nikita Kucherov after Game One of that. Now he's picking up points, and mm-hmm. I thought he was much better in Games Two and Three.
2: But he's got that two was, goals, I know. One, yeah, no, tomorrow, and, and I, mean. I
0: thought he got better as the series went along. But you know, this you know, missing Callahan still hurts. So I mean, the injuries could also be the other factor in this. You don't. There's no way to predict right. them, and there's no way to account for them. But uh, but other than that, other than like crazy injuries or. Or just Corey Schneider going crazy. Taylor Hall's going to get his. I get that. But I, I still think the Lightning is deep enough and, and good enough that I picked them in five. I'm going to stay with that. I still think they're going to win this series in five games.
1: Well, speaking of injuries, I mean, Callahan is out for game four. Yep. Tyler Johnson may not play in game four.
0: Right. Did not practice which, on Wednesday. Yeah, we're Not right, sure Tuesday.
1: what's going yep. on there, but they're saying we don't know. I mean, how does that affect the lineup? I mean, now you've got, you know, Conacher came in for Callahan. Now you're probably going to have Matthew Pekka in for Tyler and, Johnson. And look,
0: those guys are fine players, but it's a big drop-off. There's no question it's a big drop-off, particularly with a guy like Callahan. And I'm You look at it and say, well, you can't survive without a fourth line forward. You should be able to. Uh, and I understand what, what what people are saying, but he does look, he's, he's one of their best penalty killers on a penalty-killing unit that's not great to begin with. Um, and then... Uh, a guy like Tyler Johnson, who once it turns postseason, he seems to to find the magic formula again, um, and uh, and then if a guy like um, um, I was trying to think there, I thought there was somebody else that was well Dan Girardi, yeah, you know, he Girardi came played, back, and he yeah. played well, he played well in in uh, in game three, but. And that's the thing. It's a war of attrition. That's the other thing with the with the playoffs. It becomes a war of attrition where everybody starts losing guys, and it's and it's who can survive it the best. But you hate to be three games into the playoffs and you're already missing two or three guys.
1: Well, the one thing about Callahan, and we talked about this last night, and we've talked about it a couple of times, but you know when he got hurt early in the season, that fourth line disappeared once he wasn't on it. Yes, he brings an energy to the team, not just to his line, but the team that, and the penalty kill started to slip when he got hurt. And that you know, because well, yeah. the first half of the year, the penalty kill was fine. Um, you know, his, his, when he's not on the ice, it's a different team energy-wise.
0: It is a different team energy-wise. And you notice when he is on the ice, you notice Chris Kunitz more. You notice Cedric Paquette a lot more. Uh, and he does the thing, again, I'm still not sure Ryan Callahan's worth the money that they're paying him. But I do know that he's that he does things that not everybody on that team does, which is he blocks shots, he kills penalties. He provides leadership. He goes to places on the ice where a lot of guys are afraid to go. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say afraid to go. He goes to a lot of places that other guys don't go regularly. And um, and, and there's no question he's a leader on this team. Now, here's the thing that would concern me about Ryan Callan. This is the third time he's injured that shoulder uh, yeah. this season, this season alone. Mm. I'm not sure it's ever going to be 100%, at least this season or ever again. It just seems like one of those things that he's going to have constant trouble with.
2: Has anything surprised you, or what has surprised you about this series so far?
0: You know, I, I mean, nothing. I, I thought going into this series that the Lightning was the better team. I picked them in five, which when you mm-hmm. pick a team to win in five games, it's a, you, you feel like they're pretty dominant. That's a pretty solid, yeah. That's yeah, it's a, a dominant, solid, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I still feel that way. I still think mm-hmm. it's, it's going to go five games. Now, what surprised me is that Jersey um, – you know they they didn't give up in any in any of these games. I mean they they have a resiliency that I yeah. probably should have known that they have. I mean they had they had ninety seven points during the regular season. That's a lot of points. Um, right. So I, I maybe I didn't give them enough credit for being as resilient as they are. The thing that that uh that I that I'm curious to see and. Maybe I'm a little bit surprised by this as the series goes deeper. I know the Lightning can handle the ups and downs and the roller coaster of the playoffs because they've been through it before. John Cooper has, has stressed this and talked about this, that things are going to go wrong. You're going to get guys hurt. You're going to lose games that you don't think you should have lost. Oh, games yeah. that, that going into you think, oh, we're going to win this game. You end up losing. I think back to 2015 when they went to the cup finals, they had about four four games there where they could have hit the exits, you know, where it just looked like there's no way they're going to win this game. And and they somehow find a way to win. And then then they, they lose the next game. Um, they've been through, like I said, the ups and downs of the playoffs, and they know that you have to stay even kill. I'm waiting to see how the Devils handle it as, as deeper as the series goes. But if I'm looking for a surprise, look, the Devils, they were down 2-0 in the series and 2-1 in their own building in game, in game three in the third period. Yep. And kept on playing. It showed more fight than ever. So uh, so I'm impressed with their resilience and maybe a little surprised, although probably shouldn't be.
2: Well, we'll see what happens in uh, game four, of course, tonight in New Jersey. Before we let you go, uh, Tom, and we appreciate you joining us, uh, as you do from time to time, and I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about these playoffs with you. Um, yeah. I just wanted to ask you about the Rays, and particularly Kevin Kiermaier. You know, we, we spent a couple nights – talking about his injury I was there on Sunday when he got hurt sliding head first you know into the bag as as he is uh, often want to do but this is three years in a row now with this guy and we know they kind of gutted the team a little bit um i I said from the beginning I thought they were going to lose a hundred now I feel like I was being generous um <laughs> and so, I was
0: and I was a guy that said like ninety you know and you yeah. kept telling me nah this team's way worse than that and and I thought th- I thought they would hit more i Anyway, but we still have a long way to question, go. But, but with respect no, but it's to Kiermaier, like you're right. Yeah.
2: With respect to Kiermaier in particular, I mean, what, what if anything do you think is this guy just snake bit? Is, um, you know, I, I mean, is. If, if you're not playing, I mean, you're, you're really no use to your team. I don't know how he changes this thing. I mean, I asked Kevin Cash, you know, should he change, you know, sliding a different way sometimes. And um, But but what is it about him? Is there anything that you see that um, can make this guy get through more than 90 games a season?
0: See, it's a catch-22 for me, Rick, because I look at Kevin Kiermaier. I don't think Kevin Kiermaier is a great baseball player. And when I say, really? when I say that, well, I think he's a really good defensive player. And okay. I, I think offensively, he's really limited. And yep. I think, quite frankly, he doesn't play the style he should play as far as uh, – I, I, I think With his
2: speed and all that. Yeah, yeah, with his
0: speed. doesn't use his speed enough. I think he tries to hit too many home runs. I think he, he thinks of himself as a power hitter as opposed to a guy who yep. should be laying the ball down hitting the ball the other way. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. To play the style that he needs to play to be an effective player – He's probably going to put himself in jeopardy of getting hurt. He's a guy that has to dive into walls. He's has to guy that has to try to stretch singles into doubles. He has to pick. You know, he got hurt the other day trying to pick up a base, right?
2: Um, right.
0: So, if he doesn't do those things, if he if he tries to yeah. be more cautious, then he's completely ineffective. It's, I think that's
2: a a, and I understand that. I mean, that's how he made it to the major leagues. You right. know, I mean, is the effort, but. Thirty third round draft pick. I mean, how do you? Th- why do you think he's here? Because all those things you said are true. He's not great at anything except catching the baseball. Right. He's got a, an above average arm, so we'll say defense. I mean, he's a platinum gold winner. So yeah. No, and clearly the, num- the
0: numbers bear out that he, you know, his his defensive war, or whatever. Oh like yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Is, so yeah, it's off the charts. Yeah.
2: So I suppose, and in, in you're 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 probably right. I mean, he's not Kevin Kiermaier. He's not. Playing center field in the majors, if that's not what he does, because there's nothing else. But man, I'm telling you, um, can anything else go more wrong for this baseball team? Even now, Matt Duffy is on the disabled list.
0: The problem I have with the Rays right now, Rick, and it, and they're sort of caught in between of what they're what they want to do, what they're trying to do, and what and what's and what's what they're going, going to do. Yeah, yeah, because. There was this attitude of, because look, I had no issues with them trade Evan Longoria, trade Stephen Souza Jr., right. trade
2: Corey to get rid of Corey Dickerson. Oh, and by the I, way, which one of those guys are you missing right now?
0: Right. Well, I mean, here's the way. Here's the way I look at it. like I, I those those. They weren't any good with those guys, truly.
2: No, I mean they were no.
0: they were competitive in some games, but they weren't going to win a division with those guys cuz I've seen that those guys and That's they weren't right. winning divisions with them. And Longoria That's was right. the big piece and let uh, we all know Longoria is on is on the on the Last back legs. nine. He's on the, yep. he's on the whole 16. Of, of oh, what, he might be on 19.
2: Team? Yeah, we yeah, don't know yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah. That's true. So I, I was totally okay with, okay, we're, we're going to turn the page and go to a youth movement. The right. problem is they're not ready for the youth movement yet. <laughs> because no. if they were, they wouldn't be playing. Carlos Gomez wouldn't be a key member of this team.
1: Oof, um, he's bad. Denard
0: Spann wouldn't be a key member of this team.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They
0: sort of got stuck in, that the guys that they, they wanted to make room for Either are hurt or aren't quite mm-hmm. ready to be here yet, and therefore we're sitting there watching guys. Yeah, at that point, you said, "Well, you, boy, maybe they should have just kept Souza and Longoria; and they'd be, you know, at least they wouldn't be losing 105 games or whatever they're on their way to." But um, right. I, again, I, I think we look at it and say we understood what when the Astros were doing this a few years ago, and when the Cubs were doing this a few years ago, you could sort of see where they were headed
2: because right. I was
0: watching. Korea play when he was nineteen or whatever, and I was seeing George Springer coming, and I saw right. Altuve coming, and with the with the Cubs, you you know you you saw these guys like you knew Brian was going, yeah yeah, yeah yeah you knew they were going to be on their way eventually. I'm looking at the race, I'm like, who am I waiting on exactly? Like I'm not real sure exactly right. who's coming that I'm supposed to be excited about because they're not here yet, and I haven't seen enough of them yet. Well, so,
2: now now that they've traded, you know, sort of older players that were expensive for older players who are expensive like Gomez and Span that you mentioned right I mean with Kiermaier out look it's you can say what you want to they're not they're not going to win this year they're going to lose an awful lot of games I think more than 100 wouldn't now like right now I don't know where it sits with the arbitration of some of these guys in AAA but wouldn't right now be the time to just say okay bring these guys up and let them let them learn how to play in the majors
0: if you the whole idea is to keep the fan base interested, yes, because well, how about this, just
2: to give them experience and develop them?
0: yeah, I mean you you would know as well as I would Rick even more so than me do, I don't know is there is there something to the theory of you bring these guys up too early and you damage them for well good? you
2: I mean if they're not ready to play, yes um and and that could be the case. I mean, you don't you don't want to do it too soon simply because the guys you have stink, but I do think there is I also think there's something to. You know, going through sort of learning how to be a major leaguer um, when you've already dominated AAA, when there's nothing more you can get out of AAA. Like, it's like we know what they can do in AAA. Right. You know? When championships, right. they're going to hit well. They're going to, you know, it's, you know what, you know what they're going to do there. They're not going to get better there. They're going to get maybe more at bats and more experienced. But to me now, it's, it's like about learning how to be a major leaguer and go through the ups and downs when it doesn't really matter, when your team isn't that good. Right. And so the expectations of winning's not there, the pressure's maybe not there. I think this is the perfect time to do it. I mean I, I, I don't know. I agree what, with you what other scenario do you want on your ball club to where look, we suck, you know, and it's not so much but I think people would even if they lost and they saw the improvement and they knew the plan, like you said, we're gutting this thing, we're turning it over to the kids, we're gonna let them develop in two or three years, we're gonna be a really good franchise.
0: Uh, no, uh, I agree with you 100% on that. Now, like you, like if I watch a game now and I see Denard Spann goes, he could go four for four with you know, hit for the cycle and yeah, drive like, so runs. Yeah. And you're like, so what? Yeah, the guy's 30-some years old. He's not going to be here when they're good, when they get good anyway. But if you right. see a young kid have one of those days, you know, yeah. you, then you say, okay, that's what's coming. It's, it, it happens once every month now, and, and then by the end of the year, it's happening once every other week. And then by next season or the season after, you start to see what it could be. Now, on the other hand, I remember Luke Piniella used, and this is old school baseball, but Luke Piniella used to say, you know, a guy had to have, whatever, you know, 1,500 at-bats in the minors before he was ready to play at the major league level, or he had to throw, you know, X number of innings, you know, 500 innings in the minors before he was ready to, to, to make the leap to the big league. So there's that theory as well. But I'm more with you, Rick, that I think the way the game is today, um, you might you might as well bring these guys up, and maybe it's not bad idea to, to surround them with a couple sprinkle in a couple guys like Denard Span to teach them oh, how sure. to, be, you know, to play at this level. But yeah, I look at this team now. Other than maybe Matt Duffy, um, I don't know, I don't know, and maybe a couple guys on the pitching staff. Um, I'm not sure that there's anybody that that's going to be here in three or four years when this thing's supposed to be really good, you know.
2: Well, you got Johnny Field and Malik Smith. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many, yeah. how many of those guys are going to stick around. See, but yeah, I mean, like Malik
0: Smith, I just – Malik Smith's one of those guys, I feel like they just kind of fell into that guy, and I'm not yeah. sure how good he is anyway. You know, he's he's certainly not a guy that you were planning on building around <laughs> when, when you no. when you decided to do this whole thing. And now all of a sudden he's a guy you're – look, Denard Spann wasn't even supposed to be here, right?
2: I know. They paid him $9 million. million him. They were supposed to trade him. They couldn't do it. <laughs> and, it and all of
0: a sudden he realized, man, we need him, and we got to go out and pick up Carlos Gomez. So – um, I, yeah. I just think they got caught in between, okay, here's what we want to do, and then here's what we're going to do. And they're just the, – the the years didn't link sync up. They're, yeah. they're like a year away from bringing up all the guys they need to start bringing up to, to build for the future.
2: Malik Smith is, is batting four hundred, I think, on this team, which is unbelievable, um, at least in the, during the game he was tonight. And he reminds me, Tom, not body-wise, but remember a guy – remember Lonnie Smith? They called him skates? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he was very – shaky in the outfield to say the least he could run oh but yeah that's that's a Malik's. a minute like,
0: everything was a thrill <laughs> yeah that's kind of like
2: Maliks everything's an adventure out there good or bad yeah so yeah well, yeah well listen we met to talk about hockey we wound up talking a little bit about the rays but it's always i could we could do this i don't know for five years on radio if we wanted to hey
0: um, i'm all for it
2: yeah <laughs> but uh appreciate you joining us i know you got got family in town you're going to dinner. Mom, yeah, the meatloaf,
0: Danton, St. Pete, yeah. I don't like got cartoons going
2: on. You do Yeah, it's crazy, man. But uh, <laughs> hey, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks, brother. All right, read them in the Tampa Bay Times. Tom Jones has a column about how he doesn't like fighting at the end of games. That makes <laughs> uh, sense.
0: How I'm a wussy, yeah.
2: Yeah, there you go. And the Rays wrap up that series with the Rangers this afternoon at one o'clock. Businessman special. Make sure you get there. It'll be Jake Faria against Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels been doing it a long time. And Jake Faria needs to find a way to do it a long time. He's not been pitching very well. Uh, other news, of course, we mentioned at the top of uh, the podcast, the story I broke on the Tampa Bay Times yesterday. The Bucks, and this is sort of procedural, they picked up the fifth-year option, club option, on Jameis Winston's contract. It's worth about $21 million for 2019, and it's only guaranteed against injury. so um, they could certainly choose not to pay him that at any point if they if they wanted to. This was something they were going to have to do by May second. They felt like, well, might as well go ahead and, and and pick it up. We were going to pick it up anyway, so let's uh, let's break the good news to Jameis. Uh, interestingly, that you know the twenty one million dollars, which is which is a lot of money, obviously, uh, would rank thirteenth uh, in average salary per year among quarterbacks in two thousand and nineteen. Right now, in fact, there are seventeen NFL quarterbacks that earn more than $20 million. So, of course, the goal would be to get Jameis signed to a long term deal. Um, you know, that probably won't happen necessarily during this season or before this season. I would think at the end of 2018, before you begin training camp, um, you have him locked up for the fifth year, but you'd probably want to try to get a more cap friendly long term deal if he has a good season. If he doesn't, um maybe you think differently and there could be a new head coach and you see how you evaluate things but i think james is going to be here for at least five years and the interesting thing about all of this steve is this do you realize not one franchise quarterback one quarterback for the buccaneers who has been drafted here has made it to a second contract with this team with this franchise it's unbelievable really not one not Vinnie testaverde not steve young not trent dilfer uh, every quarterback they've ever had that uh, was homegrown, Chris Sims, you name it, no one has ever made it to a second deal. And and Jameis has a chance, uh, you know, I would think a good one, but you know things happen. Has a chance to be the first quarterback to actually get that big contract.
1: That's amazing.
2: It really is. It's I guess it doesn't bode all that well, even though a lot of those guys I mentioned went on to win Super Bowls for other teams, like Doug Williams and Trent Dilfer and Steve Young, but they didn't do it here. A weird story up in Tallahassee uh, that we mentioned at the start of the podcast. DeAndre Francois, their quarterback, um, it's kind of weird. A Leon County judge signed off on an affidavit for a search warrant uh, on April 6th. It was executed on Thursday of last week. And, uh, you know, basically they had a tip that uh, there was garbage bags full of marijuana. It, It looked as if or somebody believed and told uh, or had convinced authorities that, um, that Francois might be actually dealing drugs, might be dealing marijuana, uh, because of the large quantity they thought he had, and they actually checked some of his, you know, some of his garbage, you know, and, and for a period of time uh, without him knowing, uh, and, and and you know, really didn't find large amounts, found some traces of stuff. Well, uh, when they did uh, do the search warrant. All they came up with was 17 grams of marijuana and a tobacco mixture, so certainly nothing that would indicate uh, that he was actually dealing in the drugs, although it's obviously a problem uh, that is going to be handled, you know, through Florida State and whatever process that they go through up there. Uh, Willie Taggart has said, you know, he's got a lot of stuff he needs to do to straighten out uh, his career and, and being a student there. But weird, man, that, uh, that you would have – you know, an actual search warrant executed on a guy's apartment. That's a, that's a college quarterback, right?
1: Yeah, I would think so. And, and generally, you know, I would think when you're getting a warrant like that, you generally find what you're looking for. You know, generally when you think of, you know, them getting warrant, there's, you know, you've got beyond a reasonable doubt kind of, you know, that's not quite the, the that's not the
2: standard for a, no, a the warrant, standards, but, but it's, but it's, probable it's cause. more than I mean, just, get, hey, Yeah. he might be, it's gotta be more than right. that. No, they they watched him and they felt like he was sort of acting uh, like someone uh, that might be dealing in large quantities of marijuana. And for whatever reason, when they executed, that's not what they found. So, um, he look. He's got a lot of growing up to do, and you know, certainly, you know, uh, coming off the knee injury and everything that he's got going against him right now, you know, this is this is the last thing they really need, and and it's the first crisis. I know he didn't recruit this guy, but it's really sort of the first coaching issue, if you will, that. Willie Taggart has had to deal with that Florida State, so we'll see how he handles that. Yeah, it's uh, going been all back to
1: so far, and right now he's got the number one recruiting class for 2019. I mean, it's I early, saw it's that, early which, but...
2: Which, yeah, it's exceptional. Look, he can recruit, right? I mean, we know the guy can recruit. And especially I mean, this, he area, did it, this area of the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Manatee High School quarterback, all those things, USF, did a good job of rebuilding that program and um got guys got a lot of guys to go from Florida to Oregon and you know last year um really good players to to cross the state so we know Willie can recruit I think Florida State's going to be good I don't think they're going to win the ACC this year I think Clemson's going to take care of that um but I, w- I would give them a really good chance two years from now uh for sure back to hockey just real quick Andre Vasilevsky is one of three finalists for the uh the Vesna trophy. trophy yeah for best goalie he's uh
1: uh, up for the award with Pekka Rene from Nashville, uh, who he tied with eight shutouts this year. And then uh, Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets. Vasilevsky and him were tied for the league-leading 44 wins on the season. So good honor what for him my to be boy. nominated.
2: Where's my boy, Tuka
1: Rask? Uh, not in the top three. You so, think,
2: think Vasilevsky has a chance?
1: I, I, I really think Pekka Rinne is going to win this one this year. Um, although Hellebuck, uh, you know, the Winnipeg has been a f- fantastic team and story. So, um, those are the top two teams in the league point wise, uh, lightning were third. Uh, I think, you know, had, you know, had the, had the voting taken place two thirds of the way through the season, Vasilevsky easily wins. Um, the way his goals against average raised up in the last month and a half, two months of the season, I think, uh, hurt him in that regard.
2: Yeah, one more games than anybody in the NHL, 43-44 games, something like that, and uh, just an unbelievable season. It looks like he's back to uh, his early form uh, in these playoffs. He's been very, very good. So we'll see what happens to the Lightning tonight, Game 4. We'll have all that for you, of course, uh, on Thursday, uh, as well as uh, you know any news that comes out of One Buck Place or certainly the Rays, just all your sports. We want you to keep it right here. We love the feedback on the podcast. You guys have been great. Getting a lot of interaction. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me at NFLStroud Stroud or my email address, rstroud, at Tampa Bay com. We'd love for you to rate and review this podcast. It really helps us out. Where can they do that, Steve? Well,
1: anywhere you get your podcasts, whether you subscribe through iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, you can rate and review it right there. Or you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest episode's always there where you can rate and review it too.
2: We know you enjoyed the interview with Tom Jones. We hope you enjoy the outcome of Game 4 tonight. Lightning and New Jersey will be back here with you tomorrow. For Steve Urstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.